emotional intelligence, I think, is actually just what I learned <laughs> very simply. Um, but this idea of, you know, being in tune with your emotions and being able to react to them, you know, when you understand why you're getting angry or you understand that you're about to get angry and then, you know, preparing yourself for how to deal with that. I was someone who, you know, I get angry over the stupidest little things, um, things now that I look back and I'm like, what was the point in getting angry over that? Um, understanding, you know, when you're in control of something versus when you're not in control of something and how you react to that. I, you know, learned a lot about how I could actually pay attention to this and I could, you know, if I'm not in control of it, then, you know, you have to understand there's only so much you can do to <laughs> be in control of it. Um, but I learned a lot about, you know, and, and grew a lot in the sense of being able to understand how I'm feeling, why I'm feeling, and also like, understand how to get yourself to that place. Thanks for stopping by the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. I'm the host of the show, Sean Dustin. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. It's good to have you with us today. There are a couple of ways that you can help support the show, one of which is if you know somebody out there who would benefit from listening to the show or an episode in this show, send them over. I'd be happy to have them as listeners. Also, you can subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And if I'm currently not available on the platform you listen to, send me an email and I will try to get added to it. I have merchandise available now, hoodies, t-shirts, mugs, and other items. This is another way you can help support the show and the show will get a portion of the proceeds. You can find direct links to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, merchandise, and anywhere else we are online at the bottom of the show notes. Go to the Linktree link and that will take you to all the ways to connect to the show. So the last thing I have is the Facebook group challenge that I started yesterday, June 24th. You will have 30 days or 50 reviews. So the challenge is an iTunes uh, subscribe, rate, and review challenge. And all of that instructions, everything else are going to be in my Facebook group. And to get there, you just go to the link tree, go all the way down to the bottom, and the tab will be my Facebook group. Go ahead and uh, click that, sign up, and uh, go into the the feed. And at the top will be pinned uh, uh, the instructions on what you need to do. And this will be for merchandise. Uh, there'll be four winners. Uh, three will be for uh, merchandise, and the other one will be uh, a an interview with me. Uh, anything you want, you got burning desires, you got something you want to talk about. Uh, that'll be the time to do it, and that will be. Uh, and your your show will jump my queue. So if you win that, it'll jump my queue and be put out immediately. And if you're somebody who's wait currently waiting for your episode to uh, to air, and you happen to win that, you'll jump everybody else as well. So. Uh, you know, this is my first time doing it, so we'll, we'll see if it works out or not. Um, uh, you know, we've got what till June, uh, July 24th, uh, or 50, 50, uh, uh, reviews. So 
Hopefully you guys have fun doing it. Hopefully this is a good time. Uh, you know, it's, uh, like I said, something I'm, I'm just trying and we'll, we'll see how it works out. In this episode, I'm talking to Tim John. Tim hosts a podcast of interviews from all walks of life, celebrating the resiliency of humans, of the human spirit. This was actually a really good episode. Uh, we had a good conversation, uh, wasn't too long, but it, it was really, uh, a, there was a lot of substance. There was a lot of different, uh, things that we touched on from co-parenting to, uh, dating, uh, being single. Uh, he talks about, uh, his divorce and, and what he learned from that, you know, and just, uh, it, it was just a, a really good interview. I, uh, I enjoyed listening back to it while I was, uh, editing. Like I said, I'm not going to go through a whole lot. Let's get to the show. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. I'm your host, Sean Dustin. Today we're talking to Tim John, and he is the host of We're Only Human podcast. And Tim, how are you? I'm doing okay. This uh, whole COVID-19 thing is a little bit surreal and waking up every day wondering if it's a dream. Turns out it's not. No. Are you social distancing? Yeah, definitely go for a walk around my neighborhood and I see another human and then I, I run the other way. <laughs> spreader, spreader. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's this weird. I mean, I wonder how we're going to get out of this because we're being so conditioned to like stay away from each other. It's going to feel very awkward when we start trying to get back together. Yeah. It's going to be a, uh, what do they, they call that? A uh, gradual process. Yeah, I think so. So I was talking to somebody today and I was like, dude, this sucks. I'm single and I feel like I'm, I, I'm, it's forced celibacy. Yeah, I've been feeling similar. It's, it's, uh, it's very weird to date during this. Um, very, very weird. Well, it's weird to date anyways, because everybody's yeah. in, in, into, <laughs> nobody wants to do the, the traditional dating anymore. It's like, all right, well, what app are you on? And, and, you know, let's deal with the filters, the, the pictures from 10 years ago, the, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. I have noticed that, that some people, the first question I have now is always like, are these pictures recent? Cause I've, I've definitely come across some where upon further research, it's like, oh, these are very old pictures. Yeah, I w actually I want to change up the thing. I want to I want to start putting on my uh, my profiles like, hey, let's do a fifteen minute speed uh, Zoom. And <laughs> not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, let's let's do a little fifteen minute intro. If you're interested in me and I'm interested in you, you you clicked on me. So the next step is we're gonna go to Zoom. We're gonna have a fifteen minute conversation. That way I can make sure you are who you are. You can I, I am who I am. No filters, no angles, no nothing. <laughs> Well, that'll work real well for this current reality we're in. I mean, that's all you can do. <laughs> well, I mean, it might be what we, that might be the new norm. That's true. That's true. You, you know, people don't, I remember there was a time when you could go to the, uh, what's it called? The grocery store. And I guess you still can. You can still go to the grocery store and, and, you know, meet somebody in the fruit, the produce aisle. Uh, but people are a lot harder to, um, approach these days. You know, it's not like it used to be. Nobody, nobody's friendly anymore. Everybody's got their, you know, got their, their blinders on and they're just trying to get through, you know, and get home, do what they need to do. So in a lot of ways, this has actually been pretty good for us to slow everybody down and go, Hey, what are you doing? 
Yes. Yeah. It has been, there have been a lot of positives coming out of it. I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of creativity. I'm, I'm thinking a lot. I'm like, you know, racking my brain. All right. What do I need to do for this podcast? Uh, okay. A Patreon. I got a, a, a merchandise. So now I have all this time to do what I'd wanted to do with it before. So, yeah. Yeah. So enough about me. We're not here for me. Uh, we're here for you. <laughs> Have you have you uh, gone through that with uh, when you're doing your podcast as you're feeling your way through you know being a podcaster and and your interview technique and your style and going back through listening to your edits and or previous episodes and and seeing God you know I need to get out of the way. Yeah, I've noticed that I'm very critical listening back, even when I'm editing. I'm very critical of of everything that I do. Uh, but listening back over the episodes, I think I've been improving. So, and it's all the small things. Like I noticed I breathe a lot. Like right now, if I stop talking and then I come back in, you know, I'll, I'll, when I'm editing, I'll notice I take all these breaths. So I'm thinking, well, how do I take less breaths? You know, it's, yeah. I, I listen to other podcasts and I listen to other spoken audio and I'm like, nobody else is breathing as much as I am. So what am I doing wrong here? Yeah. Well, the good thing you can see that breath in your, in your wave, uh, yeah. in your, in your, in your yeah. like audacity or something. So I usually try to, if it's a long one and it's like, if it's so small like that, I don't mess with it, but if it gets a little bit bigger and longer, I'll pull them out. Yeah. So it's definitely been something I've been paying attention to. Yeah. All right. So, uh, you're here for, uh, one of my bottoms in life struggles, uh, episodes. And so, I mean, Everybody pretty much knows how I get my people. I go on a, you know, I'll put posts out and people respond to them. So how we, you know, met, that's where it was. Uh, so why don't you tell me what your, uh, what your bottom of your life struggle is and, and why you're here? Uh, oh, wow. That's a powerful question. <laughs> um, you know, I think, I think a lot about that. Um, I recently got divorced. So last year, we're in 2020 now. So it was in mid-2019. Um, so that was, I mean, I guess in some ways it's a bottom. I mean, it's unexpected. It's a, a huge life change. I think in a lot of ways, though, it's not necessarily a bottom. It's, you know, especially the way that my journey went, it was um, all around a, a positive thing. Um but I think all through that, I actually discovered maybe I didn't really know who I was. I didn't know who I as a person identified. You know, what do I like? What do I not like? What will I do with my time? What, what do I want to spend my life doing? All sorts of existential questions, I suppose, that I never had a chance or never took the time to answer. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty deep. I've, I, I did the same thing. Uh, I've had a, bunch of failed relationships. And this last one kind of forced me to, um, really look at my own behavior and how I treat people. And I, I asked myself, well, somebody asked me the question, um, have you like, you know, have you ever been in love? And, you know, I thought I had until, and I guess that really, I guess it really depends on, on what your definition of love is, but like, when I had a kid, that is really what taught me what love is because that's like this unconditional thing that it's like, if I think about my daughter and something bad happening to her, you know, I start to get a lump in my throat or she does something that's like 
cute and amazing. And it, you know what I mean? It's like, dude, there's just that oh, yeah. love, that unconditional love. Like I would do anything for you. And then I started thinking it back through my relationships and I never felt that way about anybody in those terms. So then mm-hmm. I started going, well, well, maybe, maybe I never even really loved anybody because I, I didn't know what it was. It's funny when you ask that question, you know, have you ever really been in love? I, I've never been asked that. I, just hearing you say that, I started thinking to myself, oh, how would I answer that? But the very first thing I thought, I have two children myself. And that's the very first thing I thought was, well, I know for a fact, regardless of relationships, um, there's that's where I fell in love for sure. Because, I mean, the way you described it, that unconditional love, it's it's such an amazing, horrifying, but amazing up and down sort of love that, yeah, you, you never really can. I was just talking with, there was a guest on my podcast recently and we were talking about how that a child is really the only human that can make you feel that way. And it's really hard to describe if you don't have a kid, but I mean, even your strongest like mother-daughter relationship or father-son or, or any uncle and kid and grandchild, just any relationship, there's n- nothing quite like the parent-child relationship that I think what you said, unconditional love and just such a, like, yeah, I guess unconditional. It's, it's so, it's so strong. Yeah. It's, it's almost like there's not, there's nothing that you can ask me that I would say no to. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. I mean, it's like, and, and even if, and even if, if you were having an issue, with, I mean, it, you were having an issue and you were being beaten up by, by your boyfriend and you asked me to kill him, I would probably consider it. I, I wouldn't obviously, but I mean, you know, that would, that is the level of love that being a parent is at, you know what I mean? And, oh yeah. And I know that there are people out there that, that, you know, relationships that are where you feel that way about somebody, but I just don't think that I, I ever have felt that way about anybody as an adult. Now I know when I was younger in high school, there would be, you know, and that's like puppy love, you know what I mean? But it's still probably the purest form because it hasn't been corrupted yet. Yeah, I think so. I, I think there is definitely something different about the the puppy love as you describe it. You know, so I don't know. I'm, I, I don't, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. That, that was a, that was a question that I, I had, I stumbled on and then I answered it and I haven't, I, I don't know if I'll, I'll ever find that. I don't know. It's a great question. I mean, like I said, just thinking about that, I never, never considered that. <clears throat> so you uh, got a divorce and it was amicable. You put here uh, 16 years together and uh, I'd like to share my journey since the end of my relationship. Yeah. So, so what about the journey since the end of your relationship? What do you have? What did you discover? What have you learned? Where are you at with that now? I, I discovered a lot. I, throughout the process of separation and then eventually divorce, um, th- throughout that process, but starting before that, um, I at one point decided to start doing individual therapy just because it would help, you know, start to process what this big life change could be. Um, and I continue to do that to this day. But through that process, I was uh, enlightened in a sense of just, you know, starting to explore who I was as a person, as an individual. Um, as as an individual, 
without the other relationships I had. You know, I I'm, was a husband, I'm a father, I was a father. But outside those two, you know, when I'm not a husband to my now ex and when I'm not, you know, spending time being a father, who am I? And what am I doing? And what, you know, what am I doing here? And um, I was able to really get in tune with that. And I think that's something that people get in tune with probably pretty early on in life, but I didn't take that opportunity to, to do that. Um, so it was something that came up through this life change. And it was something that kind of took me by surprise. Uh, but then it was really exciting. It was like, well, I was like this whole new person, like, who am I? And then I started to really think about who I was now, who I was before, and, you know, maybe what I wanted this new version of me to, to look like. Yeah. I mean, that, that's great. Every, every relationship, uh, that ends, I mean, 16 years too. I mean, that's, you're, you're dealing like your identity is, is so meshed with that other person. You know what I mean? It's. Oh yeah. You know, we, yeah, we, we had started dating, um, in, at the end of high school. So it was, a long relationship, but also through some pretty developmental times in life, you know, the end of high school, the college, post-college, those first couple of years when you're getting out on your own. So yeah, it was we very much, you know, we kind of the only relationship we really knew was, was each other. God, that's crazy. So was that like your, so was your high school sweetheart? Like how many, how many uh, people had you been with up before her? Uh, Little to none. Yeah. High school sweetheart. I mean, we started, you know, dating basically senior prom. So it was at the very tail end of high school. So, um, I always not sure if that's considered a high school sweetheart, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, when you say about being, you know, kind of meshed, you know, together, at least that's kind of the identity we knew that was definitely the case. Okay. So you didn't have much, much sexual experience with other partners before, before her? Uh, no. <laughs> That's a, so I'm, I'm completely on the opposite spectrum of that. Like before, like I was having so much sex in high school. It was crazy. Like I was just, I would be considered a slut. You know what I mean? If you were to how many different partners I had before I even, you know, from the time I was 13 till I got out of high school. So I've always wondered about that. I mean, did you, when, when you, you know, get involved with somebody at that young of an age and you haven't really had a lot of experience with other people, um, you know, kind of to figure out what you like, what you don't like, um, you know, uh, sexually or, or just in people in general, uh, attitudes and stuff like that. What, uh, how, how was, I mean, did you, do you ever, did you ever think that like, man, I wish I would have waited or I wish I would have had more experience with some other people. Uh, or was it just really not a thought? I mean, at the, at the time, I don't think it was a thought. I think, you know, further on, maybe more in the present. Um, you know, maybe I've thought that once or twice. But I really do think that, I mean, all the different experiences I've had, I think, you know, shape who I am. So I, I don't necessarily regret oh, I should have went this way or went that way. Um, because who knows, you know, it could have went that way or this way and then, you know, regretted that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, we we know what we know and the, the path we took is what we know. But I don't, you know, I look back at it all and I think it was all important, you know, for me to learn from. And I think 
you know, even together, we learned a lot about each other. We learned a lot about who we were as individuals. And, you know, it was, it was an experience that is part of who we are and, you know, contributes to where we are today. Nice. Nice. And so you're, it was amicable. You guys had a, had a clean, clean, uh, clean break. And are you currently co-parenting? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, we shared a divorce lawyer. Uh, so it was very amicable and clean cut in that sense. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, the, you know, my children see me, uh, they come here every, every other weekend or so. And then I see them during the weekend stuff. So, you know, it's kind of a split. Uh, they spend a majority of the time obviously living, um, at her, at her house, but, um, we, we do a split and yeah, it's very, you know, we're, we're still a family. We're just a different definition of a family. It's a different setup than it was before, but we're no less family, you know, than we were prior to divorce. It's just, you know, it's just a different, it's a new evolution of it. No, I, I get what you're saying. I, I've got, I'm same deal. Uh, my ex and I, we share, we co-parent and I'm like 15 minutes away. So during the, like usually during the week, I'll same thing. I, I had spend time with her, with my kid or my daughter and, uh, you know, one day during the weekend. So, I mean, it kind of rotates. So if, if my ex has something going on and we didn't do any, we didn't do any of the lawyer, lawyering up or, getting anything done in, in, in writing. And I mean, that could, I mean, I guess, I mean, it could be bad. It could not be bad at some point down the road. You know how that goes where, you know, they try to use the, okay, well, you can't see, you can't see your daughter and I don't have any paperwork to say, well, yes, you, you have to give her to me. You know what I mean? Um, but it's been working so far and, uh, just, I mean, like now my ex works, uh, is essential. So she has to work from home and having my daughter, you know, a toddler running around makes it a little difficult for her to be able to do what she wants to do. Cause you know, three years old, they're pretty needy. They want, they need your attention all the time. Sure. Sure. And so I'm having to go over there during the three days during the week and just kind of keep her occupied so she can, so my ex can work. So, I mean, it's, it's working out as long as we, as long as we stick to her and not get in into like our problems. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that's a big key of it is, you know, putting, especially when you have children, just putting them at the front in the sense of, you know, providing the best environment. And like I said, you know, new, new setup for them as possible. So what else did you figure out about yourself? Um, I learned how to recognize and kind of almost read myself. Um, what I mean by that is like recognizing, you know, emotions, emotional intelligence, I think is actually just what I learned <laughs> very simply. Um, but this idea of, you know, being in tune with your emotions and being able to react to them, you know, when you understand why you're getting angry or you understand that you're about to get angry and then, you know, preparing yourself for how to deal with that. I was someone who, you know, I get angry over the stupidest little things, um, things now that I look back and I'm like, what was the point of getting angry over that? Um, understanding, you know, when you're in control of something versus when you're not in control of something and how you react to that. I, you know, learned a lot about how I could actually pay attention to this and I could, you know, if I'm not in control of it, then, you know, you have to understand there's only so much you can do to (laughs) be in control of it. Um, 
but I learned a lot about, you know, and, and grew a lot in the sense of being able to understand how I'm feeling, why I'm feeling, and also like understand how to get yourself to that place. Um, you know, this is a perfect example of the times we're living in now, you know, like I'm sure yourself, you know, we're living alone for a portion of the time, a good portion of the time. And, you know, being alone, living alone, I think is hard to begin with, but when you're generally discouraged from going outside too much, I mean, go outside, but not going to social places, not seeing people, um, that, you know, you can, that goes up and down, especially for me. And I, there are things I know that will make me, you know, bluntly just feel better. You know, I know there's certain songs I could put on or there's certain activities I could do. I know if I can get my blood, you know, go for a walk and get your heart running or, you know, so that it's, it's just really understanding that, recognizing the way you're feeling, the way you're about to feel, and then how to react to that and maybe even alter the course. If I can tell that I'm going down a bad, you know, if I'm getting angry over something stupid, then I can redirect myself or, you know, prevent that from happening. And just like I said, emotional intelligence skills, I think that, um, I, I don't know how prevalent they are, but definitely nothing I was ever in, you know, in tune with and never had any, anything equipped along those lines to, to help myself as a person. Do you know your love language? I haven't done that yet. Um, I've been meaning to uh, read that book or I don't know if there's a quiz or whatnot, but no, I haven't done that. <laughs> I have suspicions. Like I've heard the different ones. I have suspicions as to what I might be, but um, no, I have not done that. I need to. Yeah. I, I, I got into some counseling with my ex and, and they talk about the love language. And then as I got, as I became single, then, you know, I was, would be talking to other women and, it would pop up in conversation. Do you know your love language? And I'm like, I don't want to hear about it. I've definitely that seen it popping up on some of the dating profiles. Yeah, people will list their love language. And I'm always like, oh, I should probably figure out mine. Yeah, I'm like, I don't want to I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> My love language is right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's being redefined. Um yeah, it's 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 definitely a challenge uh being single in the technology era and the dating app era nobody nobody everybody that's how you meet anybody now it's all on apps yeah you know so i mean i you know recently introduced to this world prior to that my dating experience was a long time ago in a totally different world but i'm really enjoying the dating apps um i'm enjoying the this idea of finding warm leads like we're all you know you mentioned earlier it's not necessarily normal nowadays to like go to the grocery store and meet someone in the fruit aisle. But even like a bar, I I would much rather go on a dating app that seems to, you know, finding the one that works for you. So if you found one that works for you, going on there and finding people who are literally looking for the same thing, right? Like, so it's like, it's basically like you're standing in a room of people who are all there to find people to date. I feel like there's a, you know, and then, you're able to connect and, and just kind of start off on the right foot. Whereas if I had to go to bars every Saturday night and just sit around, you know, like try and find, I think they'd be so much harder because there'd be so much more work to get to the point where a dating app already launches you off from, you know, it's like, I feel like half the, not half, but a good portion of the work has been done already in the sense that like, if you are on here, everyone else on there is looking for the same thing, you know, a, a someone. Yeah, you don't got to get through the uh through the uh the cock blocking friend. 
Yeah, exactly. There's all those other factors that you don't have to worry about theoretically. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a crass way to put it, but I mean, it's, you know, when you go out, when women are out in bars, they're usually in like two or threes or fours and you got to get past the the gatekeepers to even get to the one that you want to talk to. And then, you know, let's say it's, it's, you're starting to, you know, uh, mesh well with, with that individual, then, you know, it's time to go. And, and they're always trying to pull them away from it. Like, we got to go. We got to go. And like, Dude, we're, we're talking. <laughs> Yeah, and some of these, like I, I've been a big fan of the the dating app Hinge. Some of these apps, Hinge in particular, the way they're structured, it really provides a nice natural way to get a conversation started. I mean, on Hinge, you can have all sorts of different pictures and you know little text blurbs about yourself, but then the person looking at your profile can comment on any one of them and start a conversation. So you can start a conversation like about something, right? You don't have to just, you know, text them and be like, hi, I'm Tim. How are you? Like you can just start with something, <laughs> yeah. which is so much more natural, right? It's like walking up to someone in a bar and you're wearing a Cubs hat and be like, oh, you know, I'm a Cubs fan too. Like, what did you think of last season? You know, it's... Yeah, yeah. Whereas I feel like, yeah, in a bar it would be, I don't know. I think it would be a lot harder. Um, I don't know. I, I like having that, again, that that we're all on the same page, ready to go. Let's... Let's and then it's also nice for the elimination too. You can go on a first date, or you can just start texting each other in the app, and then go on a first date and be like, "All right, you know, this isn't, you know, we both don't waste each other's time. We're just going to hop back into the pool and yeah, see what yeah. else is out there." Yeah, for sure. I uh, what I'm what I'm finding lately though is that now that we're in this new norm, it's hard. I mean, it, it's almost it's hard to keep people's attention because we know we're not going to meet each other anytime soon. So it's like, I get go, you know, just you ghost conversations really, really easily. Yeah. I've noticed that I used to get on the, the hinge every morning and, you know, cause you get a certain amount of likes a day. So I would always make sure I used up my likes just to keep, you know, keep out there. And I noticed that ever since this whole stay at home lockdown stuff, quarantine happened that I've had a few conversations, but yeah, I mean, we don't know when we're ever going to see each other. And I think everyone's just occupied mentally. So I've kind of stopped. I don't know. I haven't really been popping on there much. It just, it seems kind of fruitless. Like, I don't know, you know, what we can really do. COVID damn you. Yeah. yeah just, You're really dating. screwing up my love life. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe just my sex life. <laughs> Since I haven't figured out how to love yet. Um, uh, yeah. So, uh, so how, how many, how long has it been since you've been divorced? Uh, about almost coming up on a year, a year. Okay. I've been, uh, I've been separated or broken up with mine for about the same time. How uh, maybe a little longer than that. And yeah, maybe about six, uh, a year and a half, I would say. Yeah. It's definitely, it's a, it's a, in any kind of, and it doesn't matter if you were with somebody for 16 years, six years, you know, whatever it is, it's always, it's always a, uh, an inconvenient thing when you, when you break up with somebody, you know, it's like, now you got to start everything all over again. Now I got to get my own place because you're obviously not going to kick your kids out of the house. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The starting, the starting over part is, is interesting. What I've noticed too is like uh, kind of moving into dating and, you know, starting to find and maybe rekindle or kindle, you know, new relationships is 
you know, kind of understanding like what level of investment you want to put in. And then as you continue to invest, like, what does that mean? And where, you know, what's going to happen? You know, it's basically the more investment you put in, I suppose, the more you have to lose, the more risky it is. And, you know, that's, that's love, but kind of navigating that is something that I never thought about. So investment, meaning like, like the time investment of it, like the back and forth and the amount of time that it takes to actually like cultivate uh, something to even get to that point of, of a first date. First date's a given. I'm at the point where like, I will always go on a first date just to see, you know, like I'm not going to, we're not going to gain enough just texting in in the dating app. We're going to need it to go on a first date. So keep it simple, you know, drinks or coffee or something. But you know, if you continue on, what are those various levels and what do they mean to each person, right? Like if you go on a second date, a third date, a fourth date, if you start branching out with the dates, you know, maybe now you're doing more social things together, um, you know, getting closer as people, maybe you're talking more often via text or phone or whatnot. Um, you know, maybe you're starting to meet other people, you know, uh, it becomes this, maybe a birthday pops up and, you know, you're gifting each other or someone's gifting someone and all these different levels that pop up and all these different, you know, milestones relationship. And it's just like, you know, you start to think, okay, you know, what are they? What do they mean to me? What do they mean to her? If we, you know, act on one of them, what does that mean for our investment in this relationship? And it's just, you know, never, just not having a lot of experience with a lot of relationships is just something I never thought about. Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of rules. Yeah. I mean, rules, but then it's like, are there rules? Cause it's really just subjective, right? Like that's so far where I've been kind of, what I've learned thus far is uh, keeping an open communication is like just understanding together what those rules are, what they mean to us. You know, what, what are we expectations? What are our expectations and are they aligned? Cause if they're not aligned, then they need to be, or else this isn't going to work out. Yeah. No, no, I, I can, I can understand that. Um, yeah, it's one of the, one of the things that, you know, uh, the, the date, the dating thing. So the, one of the, one of the, I think one of the, the, the problems is with this is when you find somebody that you like, okay, there's so many options out there. All right. And I feel like a lot of the times people don't give each other enough of an opportunity, uh, without distractions. Like if you, if, if you and I are, or not you and I, but if me and somebody, somebody that I met is we're talking and, you know, we've gone on a first date and you know, we're going to go on a second date. Uh, at what point do we, pull off of that app or all apps. You know what I mean? Because I feel like a lot of people are just waiting for the next best thing. If you don't cut it off on these apps and give that individual your undivided attention and actually give them a a proper chance without seeing what else is out there. You know what I mean? Cause let's just say, and this has happened to me. I I mean, I've done this before and I, I mean, it's not the best. I feel bad about it, but I mean, you're the whole scenario that I'm talking about happened. And then, but I didn't pull off of these apps and I get hit up by somebody who's, you know, maybe younger, better looking, um, 
than who I'm talking to originally. And this is super shallow. Um, but yeah, I've stopped talking to that person and started talking to this other person. And that's like, that's not really fair. And I know that if I've done that, other people are doing it as well. I've thought a lot about this. This is kind of an extension of what I was just talking about of like, what are those different levels and what are those levels of investment? And this is kind of the ultimate, right? Like, when do you know that this is someone that you you kind of want to go all in on, or at least you want to go, you want to try going all in on. And you, like you said, you want to give them your undivided attention. You want to maybe, I don't know, you know, they call it being exclusive or whatever the term is. And you're going to, you know, they are your person. And how do you know, right? And, and when do you do that? And, and like you said, are you going to always think there's someone better out there? And where I've come to thus far, and I'm, not, I'm no expert on this, but for the moment, I've just told myself, you'll just know, you'll just feel that. You'll just know that that's something you want to do. And, you know, until you feel that way, then, then you don't know yet. So that's, that's my current evaluation. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's, there's no right or wrong answer to it. I mean, everybody's got their own, their own levels of, of, you know, what, what they follow. Um, I remember I was dating this, this one, uh, lady and she, around the third date, you know, she called and we were supposed to hang out. She's like, you know, I just, you know, I'm just not ready to, uh, you know, get involved like this. And it's like, okay, well the third date's coming around. I mean, this is pretty, it's pretty obvious. You know, what's going to happen on the third date if we're hanging out. Cause it's just like the unwritten rule, you know, third date, you know, third date sex, you know? <laughs> and, and I mean, it, it sucks, but I think, I think movies have put that, that in there. Have you ever watched any rom-coms and you know, it's the third date, uh, uh, stress. <laughs> Oh, I think in the rom-coms, it's usually the first date, isn't it? I mean, that's. <laughs> well, I mean, there's an unwritten rule that three dates and I, and it didn't come from a dating app. It came from something in, in pop culture. And so, I mean, I, yeah. to, I mean, that's a good, I, that's good to me. I mean, yeah, it's always good to have the, the meaningless, uh, one night stand that you don't have to, <laughs> there, there's no, uh, responsibility involved in it. I mean, those are always great, but I mean, it's at some point, I mean, those are, those get old. Sure. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Dating. Interesting. So, <laughs> so tell me about your podcast. Podcast is called We're Only Human. Um, started it last fall. And the entire idea is just to celebrate the resiliency of the human spirit and kind of the roller coaster journeys that make us who we are. So, I think, you know, each of our journeys is full of resiliency. And I think that's fascinating because as a, as a people, um, if you think about humans, like we go through a lot of shit thrown at us, right? I mean, you think about from, from being a kid, um, just literally, you know, falling off your bike and then getting back up and being fine and keep going. You don't even think twice about it uh, up until you're an adult. And then, you know, going through a divorce or going through a, a trauma of some sort, and we still go on, you know, like we eventually evolve and repair and continue on. And I just wanted to have conversations with people to explore that and to explore, you know, how we got to where we are today, knowing that there was bumps along the road and just sharing that with the world, you know, learning those lessons and using the podcast as a way to learn myself, but then share it with others. That's awesome. 
That's kind of like why I do mine. I tell people a lot that, you know, I think my podcast helps me more than it helps anybody else. Oh, I say that to every guest. I say, you know, this is really just an excuse for me to learn from you. And then we're going to share this with others because I do think it's important. A lot, a lot of the reason I was able to eventually end up where I am today and comfortably navigate divorce, there's a lot of reasons. But one of the reasons that helped a lot was hearing other people's story that they had gone through a divorce or they were considering it and that they came out the other side and how things were people close to me, people further away from me, all degrees of separation. But knowing their story and hearing it and just talking about it changed it for me. It made it more doable and it made it more less of, you know, this is me going through a unique scenario and more of, oh, there's others that have done this. So, you know, I, I certainly, I think a main reason I do the podcast is to continue growing as a person myself but also I want others to hear these stories because they could be changed by them too, the same way I was by others. Yeah. It's funny how this medium <clears throat> or this, yeah, I guess you would say this medium, you know, we're, we're swinging back around to our grandparents time when that's all they had was radio and audio. I know it's funny when I, when I started this, podcast. I did a, about a decade ago, I did a video, I called it a web video interview series, but I mean, basically it was a podcast. We just didn't really call them podcasts back then. And it was video and I interviewed entrepreneurs from all over the world. I did it for about two years and did a couple hundred of them. And doing this podcast now, I, I started it and I just fell in love with it. And I, I realized, oh my gosh, I love doing radio. I've fallen in love with radio. And just like you said, I was like, I never thought it would be 2019 or 2020. And I'd be saying I've fallen in love with doing radio. Well, it's definitely a different, uh, a different way. I mean, depending on, I, I think it really depends on how you listen to the content. You know, when you have them, you know, when I was in, in, in construction, you know, earbuds, that's, that's, you know, straight up engaged in it. You know, passive listening is a little bit different, but when you're actually engaged in it, you're like a fly on the wall of a conversation, you know? Oh, I love it. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I love it. And, then, and it's interesting you bring up passive versus active because I am such an active listener. I listen to podcasts when I, nowadays, you know, during this shelter in place, when I go for my daily walks around the neighborhood, I look forward to my podcasts when I'm driving out to see the kids or, you know, whenever we get back to, to out of the home, um, you know, commuting to the office on the L. Um, I'm always active. You know, I'll never listen to a podcast where I'm passive because I, I, I look forward to it and I want to listen. Like you said, I want to be a fly on the wall in those conversations. Yeah, it's great, man. If, if they would have had this years ago, I mean, they did have it years ago, but if it had been, if it had caught on like it is catching on now, back then, you know, dude, there's so many people would have been helped by that. And probably a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of dysfunctionality could have been uh, prevented. Yeah, definitely. It's a great I, way to spread ideas. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, the, it's amazing. And, and the one thing I really enjoy is finding a show that's not by a popular person, just somebody, you know, doesn't like somebody, no name whatever. And the, you get, you get caught in by their, you know, their, their art or maybe the name of the podcast itself or however it is that you, you find your way to them or to that show. Uh, and once you start listening, you know, you go from the first episode and it, well, somebody's first doing a podcast, you can tell they don't know what they're doing. 
You know, most of us <laughs> did, didn't know what we were doing. YouTube taught me how to do everything and to be able to listen and, and grow with the host, not only as being able to host a podcast, but you know, their show evolves, you know what I mean? You come in with a premise and, and, and this is what I want to do, but as you get your episodes underneath you and you get your, you know, you get your, uh, your wings and you're starting to learn how to fly in this space. Uh, you grow. And as a listener, you're growing with that show and that host along, you know, along their journey. Oh, that's the best part of it. Yeah. I love how you describe that. That's my favorite part of it. Yeah. And it's like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm growing with you and I'm, and they, they all, they become, they become your friends, albeit it's a one-sided friendship, you know, unless you're interacting with them, you know, through social media or whatever it is that they're doing. But I mean, you come to look forward to hearing them and it's like a friendship. It's like, you know, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like you laugh, you get to know what their mannerisms are. You, you know, you can tell when they're, they're smiling cause you can hear it in their voice. It's, it's oh, weird. Yeah. It's weird. I don't, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just sentimental like that. And no, I think you're spot on. I think that's very insightful. It really is. Like you said, they the way you said that you look forward to listening to them. That's absolutely how I am. Like I'm excited when I go out on a walk and pull up a new episode of one of my favorite podcasts. Like I'm excited to listen to it. I look forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've never got that way about any radio. Uh, radio program or maybe some TV, but I mean, not in the same way is not in the same way. Cause I know that yeah. television is just, I mean, that's kind of like, television to me is just a, a, some, a way to kill time. Um, there's no, unless it's a YouTube video, um, but just like regular programming, I, I just, I've actually really tuned out of everything. I don't listen to the radio anymore. I don't listen. I rarely watch, uh, uh, tv programming at all did you not watch tiger king then ah oh, fuck man yeah i watched tiger king <laughs> <laughs> that dude was hilarious all right and it, it not hilarious because he's funny but hilarious because he was oblivious to everybody just thinking he was a clown you think he was oblivious or you think that's just all part of it right like He's a performer in the sense. So, I mean, he knows, but that's, that's the act. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I think the con and, and the contrast of this, this flamboyant homosexual with guns uh, at his, at his thing with a mullet and just like, he was always on and you could just, I don't know what did it for me. What made me laugh? I mean, I laughed hilarious. I mean, just super hard at some of the things in, in this, in, in that, uh, deal i mean, literally i didn't get any sleep that night because i turned it on at 11 the first episode and it had it hooked me i binge watched <laughs> it all the way through it didn't go to sleep actually i didn't even go to sleep that night i had to go and do something else immediately in that morning and so <laughs> the just the videos that he would make about carol baskin and it's like everything he did was just super funny to me I loved his um, his music videos too. Those were those were some quality content. You know what? I found out that he didn't. I was talking to my ex, and I go, "Yeah, and the dude had a pretty good voice. He could kind of sing." And she's like, "It wasn't him." 
I was wondering that because it did not sound like him at all. No, it wasn't him. And the people that actually it was, they're they're wanting to get a contract now. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Trying to trying to get signed by somebody. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! Yeah, that, that was that was crazy. And then the fact that he actually felt like he really believed that he could be a politician. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean maybe I don't know if he really believed it, but he. He was very he convincing. He saw the power. Yeah, yeah. I think if anything, he saw the marketing power of it. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it was funny. I enjoyed it. A lot of people don't like it, didn't like it, whatever. I think, I think Carol Baskin, the, the whole, what I took from that whole thing, the whole feud between them and you have all of these, these, uh, tiger people that are, that are in the mix, right? My take on it is, is that Carol Baskin just wanted to eliminate everybody else out of the space so she could say that she was the only one doing the right thing while eliminating her competition. Oh yeah, that might be, I didn't think about it from that angle, but that makes a lot of sense. You're doing the same thing. You have tigers too. You have yeah. people coming through doing no, no different. Maybe you don't take yeah. them. Maybe you're not doing the cub thing or, you know, like the one guy, I probably would have been that one dude, Jeff, uh, Whatever his name was that had all the strippers in in Vegas and taking the Cubs up to the rooms and and oh and, yeah and having all the women he was around. another character that probably would have been me I'm gonna be I'm gonna be straight <laughs> up honest with you if you had I, to pick it you would be the Jeff Lowe of Tiger King <laughs> yeah if if I could figure out a way to spin pussy my way I I, I I'm there <laughs> I don't mean to be so crass but I mean I'm pretty I'm pretty transparent <laughs> I don't hide who I <laughs> I don't <laughs> hide good. how I think very often. I don't know if I'd act on it, but yeah, it, I would have to say that that would have been me. So, um, how, how long have you been doing the podcast? Uh, I started it in November. So about six months, six months. Okay. Okay. So you're still, you're still kind of figuring it out, but you've done this before. So, I mean, it's not, it's, it's nothing different for you. Yeah, exactly. It was interesting. Like, you know, kind of deciding to get back into this and I kind of, I started this time with kind of a, um, not on a whim, but I just jumped into it and I was like, I'll just figure it out as I go along. I'm not going to plan this out. I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to organically see what happens. And I started to already, you know, start to be like, oh, I remember this from last time. But I will say it is, it is so much, there is so much more infrastructure set up nowadays for this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. When I was doing my video stuff back in the day, I mean, distribution was a lot harder. Um, I think there was less people publishing, but it was really hard to distribute. There wasn't as much social media. And I mean, video in general is, is a lot tougher. So sticking to audio, I think was a good idea this time. But yeah, I, I definitely started to have some flashbacks to, to doing it before <laughs> and, um, you know, applying what I knew worked well then to now and, and learning more. I mean, even in six months, I've learned so much um, than, than I knew even back then. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, we're coming up on, uh, on the end here. Uh, I got another one, uh, to run right into right at four. So why don't you go ahead and uh, plug all your social media, your podcast, anywhere, any of my uh, listeners can find you if they so choose. Yeah. The, uh, if you just go to we're only human podcast.com, you can subscribe, grab all the episodes. Um, if you're on Twitter, it's the W O H podcast. And then if you're on Instagram, it's we're only human podcast, um, active all over the place. But, uh, yeah, 
subscribe, check it out. Let me know what you think. Awesome. Yeah, I, I think I subscribe to all your channels and then I'll be putting all that stuff in the show notes as well. Uh, the only thing that I'll need from you is to shoot me uh, a picture of yourself email so I can put it on the uh, the promo clip that I can give to you so you can share this with uh, your on your platforms as well. Sure, I can do that. Cool. Well, Jeff, I appreciate, or Tim, I mean, sorry about that. I appreciate your time and, uh, you know, I wish you well on your podcast and uh, I'm going to be checking it out. Cool. Thank you. Good luck with uh, all the interviews. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. (laughs) Hang in there. Yeah, you too, man. Have a good one. All right, you too. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show and uh, thank you, Tim. I really enjoyed that conversation. I enjoyed listening back to it, like I said. And like always, you can find Tim's information as well as my own in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. Please. I mean, if nothing else, if you want to help me out, uh, help the show out, subscribe, rate, and review. The freest form of support you can give. And it only takes, it doesn't take very long. Also, don't forget to get on over to the Facebook group and join the challenge there. It's 30 days or 50 reviews, whichever one comes first. Uh, and the end of this is going to be July 24th. So there's plenty of time. Still get on over there. I only got two people so far that have, uh, who, who have entered this uh, challenge. So, so far, we've got two winners. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, so head on over there if that's something you want to be a part of. And until next time, keep it 100, stay true to yourself, everything else is just noise. <laughs>